this is Tom Young at TomYoung.net, and uh, we're traveling northbound on uh, Garden State Parkway, heading home after the uh, RadcliffeTomYoung.net spring party, which uh, was a lot of fun, and uh, which you'll read about. But uh, more importantly, we're in Jay Fontanella's car, which is a uh, 1985 Testarossa. It's a little bit different than all the other cars that we've driven around or did podcasts from, but uh, still, you know, believe it or not, it's a it's a classic car. I mean, it's 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 uh, over 20 years old, and, and as much as I would consider a new car, it's uh, it's something you don't see on the roads anymore. And uh, as much enthusiasm for any other classic car there is, just from a different decade. So, and it's almost funny because as I was thinking about doing this podcast, I realized that. This car is probably going to be the quietest podcast I've done so far because the other ones we've done have been, you know, just loud. So we're almost saying that in order to do this, we should be down a gear just to uh, to have the same screaming background as the other cars. But anyway, I'm going to uh, introduce Jay, and um, you know, Jay and I are going to try to decipher how he got into Ferraris and, and uh, where he came from, what he started out doing, and, and how he came to owning this uh, this '85 Testarossa. So here's Jay. Welcome to the to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thanks a lot. So, when it, how'd you get? I mean, what did, let's let's go back first. Probably, what did you, you were first in MGs, right? I mean, you. Uh, yeah, I started out, um, you know, in my uh, when I was in high school, really. Uh, you know, lusting for uh, all you know cars, and predominantly British cars. You know, obviously Italian ones were a little out of my league at that point, and so. Um, I, uh, you know, I set my sights on uh, MG. I thought it was, you know, quintessential uh, little sports car and something I can handle, manage, and, uh, you know, work some jobs to try to buy my first one and, you know, learn how to restore it and get my hands dirty on it. And so you were actually working on the cars yourself and, and kind of... Not initially, but after getting burned with my first purchase, I learned that the only way that uh, a guy in high school headed towards college was going to be able to afford this car is if I really had to, you know, learn how to keep the car running myself. So that's right. kind of what really got my, you know, into hands-on with that, with that car and cars in general. So, uh, you know, uh, I had the MGs and, uh, and then I graduated to other British cars and uh, always loved British cars, but, you know, being a product of uh, growing up in teenage years in the 80s, uh, you know, uh, being a Ferrari lover, my uh, my love was the Ferrari Testarossa. So you had you had the poster of, of the Testarossa. Absolutely, I'm not going to lie. I had the <laughs> Testarossa poster. Uh, I definitely liked Miami Vice, although that didn't want, make me want a Testarossa anymore. But right. um, you know, it's just it was a super car. I mean, Testarossa in the '80s. You know, for anybody who didn't grow up in the '80s or, or did grow up in the '80s, I mean, they'll remember that that was the iconic Ferrari. I mean, that spoke. Ferrari of the 80s. Absolutely, you know, and it, and it's just, a, it's really an outlandish body style, uh, something that nobody ever saw before, and really, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, certainly you could say the Enzo Ferrari is more outlandish than the uh, Testarossa, but for, you know, a long period of time, uh, you know, a decade or better, you know, the Testarossa was the car, and, uh, you know, time goes on, and, you know, I get settled, buy a house, and married, and everything, and, you know, all of a sudden, I'm in a position where, you know, I could afford a Ferrari, and I'm like, wow, you know, and yeah, I'd heard some horror stories about Testarossa and, you know, other Ferraris, and I was like, you know, maybe I better go a little conservative with this Ferrari thing to start out maybe with an eight-cylinder model. Um, the first uh, Ferrari I'd ever driven was a Mondial Cabriolet, and I remember, you 
know, that I enjoyed driving that car. And I said, you know, let me set my sights a little lower and, 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 and head out for Montreal. So I started looking, and my wife is a, a big car buff, which helps the situation. And uh, she said, uh, you know, so I started pointing out cars, and she said, listen, I have to be honest with you, as long as I've known you, you've never really brought up this Mondial thing, and all I hear you say is Testarossa when you bring up Ferrari, so what's the deal? And I said, well, you know, I gave her my concerns. She said, listen, if you're going to do it, do it right. And yeah, I good said, for her. And I said, you know something? <laughs> That's all the convincing I need. Yeah. And I mean, nothing wrong with Mondial, but, I mean, it's true. If you if you wanted the Testarossa, it's, it's that, uh, you know, sometimes it's worth taking a, a closer look at just doing it. You know? Exactly. And that's kind of where we were, you know, what we thought. I said, uh, you know, get what you really want. I mean, that's really what, you know, the parting words. And uh, so I really started the hunt. And, uh, yeah, I, was, I knew what I was, you know, being car handy and, and knowing, uh, you know, knowing what I wanted and knowing what to look for in a car. I mean, most of the cars I could weed out just uh, on a conversation with an owner over a phone. So I wasn't really racing around the, the area, you know, looking at different Testarossas. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people do that and like that whole thrill of a hunt. It's not for me. And um, another thing I wanted was uh, I didn't want a red Ferrari. I know that sounds kind of uh, funny, but it's just red cars in general are not my thing. And I really wanted a, a low key, if that's possible, uh, you know, color, you know, for the, for the Ferrari, because I thought, I thought that Tessarosa styling was, you know, outrageous enough, it didn't need to be accentuated with a, kind of like a red paint shop, so, you know, I was looking for maybe a black one, or, you know, some other color, but red. So, we come across a nice uh, gray one, and I could get a sense in the pictures, you know, exactly what this gray, or grigio, as the, as the Ferrari company uh, calls it, uh, looked like, so, you know, my wife and I said, listen, let's let's drive up and look at this car, which was about an hour and a half away from our house, up in State Connecticut, and uh, I, want the, you know, I want the guy to pull it out of the garage, and before I even get involved, because, you know, at this point, I'm ready to buy something, you know, I've got right. money burning a hole in my pocket, and I, I'm excited, and I've been on the hunt for a couple months, I haven't found what I wanted, and, and you know, but I don't want to buy the wrong car either, you know, so... Sure enough, we get up there, and it's an older gentleman who had uh, a 330 before he bought the Testarossa, and he sold the 330 to buy the Testarossa, and uh, was selling the Testarossa to buy a 550 at the time. That's going back a few years. And uh, so he uh, pulls it out of the garage, and sure enough, I just fell in love with the color, and uh, I just thought it was outrageous. So, you know, one thing led to another, and we start looking, and, you know, the car had the pedigree that I was looking for. It had a... Uh, all the records. It's a mileage car, right? I mean, it's, it's, it was, you know, that's one you should bring that up. Um, there's a lot of thoughts towards Ferrari purchasing. Um, one of my, what was going through my head was, um, you know, I'm a driver and I was going to drive the car. I wasn't looking for a garage queen, so I wasn't looking for a 5,000 mile car that didn't have a, so much as a nick on it, you know? I wanted something that was, you know, had mileage in the 20s with a person that, you know, had regular use of the car, so that this way, I felt that that was a car that was going to, A, serve me better by, you know, having some of its issues worked out, and also being on the road more allows for less problems to pop up, to sure. my mind. Sure. And, and the second thing was, you know, I wasn't, you know, I don't, being that I was going to use the car, there was no point in paying for a low mileage car, you know, right. it, it just didn't, it didn't make sense. So. You know, I didn't buy a 50,000-mile car, but it ended up having uh, 28,000 miles when I looked at it. And I thought that was just perfect. And, you know, all the records, he had all the records from brand new, 1985. 
with all their books and the tools and everything. And it just exactly, it was exactly what I was looking for. So, uh, you know, we made the deal and um, I just remember uh, going up and, uh, you know, putting a license plate on it. And I'm like, wow, I have to drive this car home. But the first experience was, holy cow, this is uh, this is quite a different car than what I'm used to. <laughs> right. You know? um, and, uh, you know, we drove home and, you know, three and a half years later, it's... Uh, it's been, it's been a great experience, and I've, I've put over 11,000 miles on the car since I've owned it. And, you know, I'm not afraid to drive it on uh, long trips. Well, as, it, as we're driving now, it's, it's a couple hundred mile trip down south to the party. And uh, it's, unfortunately, the weather hasn't held out for us today either. It, it, it rained. It's been raining the whole way up. But, uh, you know, in a modern car that's completely sealed up, you know, with no leaks, air conditioning's working. You know, relative car. This is like a, you know, as modern. You know, Jay was joking about it because, you know, we're driving down, and he says that it might feel like it's a modern car, but when you get out of this car and you gotta unfold yourself and put yourself back in your BMW or Honda or whatever it is, it's like no, those are modern cars. But yet, this feels as Ferrari, in Ferrari standards, unbelievably modern. You know, quiet conversation. You know, fairly comfortable seats depending on your size. And, um, you know, it's, it's actually a lot of, of a really great car to do these long-distance drives in. Um, you know, a couple little things that you notice, like I've, I've noticed that the Testarossa is just funny, is that the, the, their signature squarish headrests that kind of mimic the, the shape of the car with the squarish nose, the, the headrests are squarish. But, so then, therefore, the, the contact point on your head is, for me, because I sit with my head back and the headrest of the passenger, is like the size of a quarter. So, like, my head has this, like, you know, the, like a sore spot for my head just touching the, the, the hard backrest. But, but the seats, for me, perfectly comfortable. Jay's a little bit bigger than I am, so so he had to, he was a little hurt. Uh, on yeah, track. I mean, you know, now I think we're, uh, you know, three and a half hours into, uh, or three hours anyway, into the journey on the way back home. And, you know, the seat catches me on a part of... Uh, my back leg that you know it's a little you know after three and a half hours it's a little uh, a little annoying but you know, I'm dealing with it okay yeah. I mean you know I just love, I love being in the car so it's not a big deal but also what was fun I mean part of um, you know not to talk about too much about the party but one of the great things about this party is you get these owners that are there and there's no pressure of judging there's no pressure of keeping the cars clean I don't think there were maybe two other cars, guys that showed up that were actually cleaning the cars. The rest of the guys, like I've noticed, just parked their cars and left them the way they came in. Yeah, it was a little drizzly and rainy and stuff like that. But I totally think that that lent, lent itself to a different type of get-together. And what I tried to do is I tried my best to get her. And I've actually told a couple owners that came to these things, you know, look, if you think about buying one of these cars, this is the event to go to because we're all there. We're all hanging out with our cars. There is no pressure about cleaning or, or doing all this stuff. So we're just kind of hanging around. And, you know, I introduced Jay to someone who was thinking about buying a, a, a Ferrari and, and had never sat in a Testarossa. I, I have this conversation with people all the time. You know, if you're thinking about buying a car, have you driven one yet? Have you sat in one yet? And most people say, well, actually, no. I said, well, how can you buy a car if you've never even sat in one? Do you know if you fit in it? And it's a question that no one ever even thinks about. But with an old Ferrari, even a Testarossa, you know, you've, you've got to check it for fit before you go buy your dream car because you just don't know. And, and um, so, that, I mean, without getting into that too much, but that was something that was a lot of fun. Jay had, you know, someone sitting in his car. He was able to say, hey, we're, you and I are about the same size. How do I feel? How do I like these seats? And then, um, you know, a couple of other guys with other cars, the same thing. Uh, the other impression that I really liked about the Testarossa, you know, you know, it's like Jay said, it's the product of the 80s. 
Testarossas are polarizing. You either love them or you don't like them. And but what's wild about my view of this Testarossa and riding in this thing, it you know you give something some time. I maybe in the 90s when I saw a Testarossa, I was like, oh my god, remember that car from the 80s? Look at those side streaks. That is about the most outrageous car there was. And sometimes being outrageous to me personally wasn't the, my scene. But now. You know, this is the first time I've gone long distance in a Testarossa, and I'm looking at people react to this car, and there's such a positive reaction to this car because it's like eye candy. It is something that you just don't see on the road. It is something in which people look at and either their 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 smiles because, hey, I remember that poster on my adult wall, or I remember that movie, or I remember that show. And, and it's kind of nice. There is now we're coming full circle to the nostalgia of a Tessarosa. It's pretty amazing. It's like I I have not seen any comment like we used to. And like you know, oh, Tessarosa. <laughs> I'm seeing people like, yeah, that is really cool. And, and that's kind of fun. I'm watching that happen as a passenger and looking at people's reaction out the window. So I think it's a lot of fun. And, and um, I'm sure Jay's going to have uh, you know continue to have a lot of fun with his car. And um, you know, I, I wish him the best of luck. And um, you know, and, and I really, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun taking this drive with him. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thanks for doing this with me. My pleasure. So you've been listening to TomYoung.net, and uh, we'll see you at the next one. Thanks.